Welcome to episode 11 of Wahaha Cast. I'm David Simonton. Uh, with me here today is Christopher Chingbing Kirby. Hello. We have some very, very exciting uh, news. Uh, what, what is that news, Christopher? That news is that we have uh, that we have actually gotten email, real email from real human beings. That that's stunning. That is absolutely stunning. I'm stunned. Yeah. Um, how about reading them for us? Because we're going to read every single email we get, which won't probably take long, but. <laughs> That's true. First? I, our first our first email comes to us from uh, Darby Mowell, who says, Hey, y'all, never read a single comic book in my life, but I love the show and wanted to let you know that you have a faithful listener in me. Thanks for giving us something genuinely fun and interesting to listen to in the hours and hours of working from home. Wow. I, that's awesome. Thank you, uh, thank you, Darby, and uh, it's it's pretty cool that the like the only person that writes us has never read a comic book. <laughs> I think that's kind of telling, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, Darby, there. Very uh, thank you very much. We are glad you're enjoying it. Uh, we will hope to continue to entertain. Uh, what's the next one? The next one is from. Uh, Chris George, who says, Hey, Chris and David, I've been enjoying the podcast and wanted to chime in with an idea or two since you were soliciting emails. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, maybe do a short segment talking about your top five books from your pull lists at the moment. I'd like to see what you two are enjoying at this time. Also, maybe a show on Daredevil, please. It might also be funny to see a top contender for for worst book or series you've ever bought. That's an easy answer for me. I don't know about David, but it's an easy answer for me. Or maybe even what types of stories you find enjoyable now compared to when you were younger. I'm still making my way through the episode, so I apologize if you two have covered some of these topics already. Keep up the good work, and I look forward to more shows. Chris, I think we can probably not not all today, but probably cover every suggestion he had because those are actually pretty cool. Um, Absolutely, and I can I can make a hero sandwich in the middle in the meantime. <laughs> hero sandwich, the biggest sucker in the history of comic book buying. I mean, it's, it's like uh, you and I barely had any money back then when we were in high school, and so our. Our choice of comic books to buy each week when we met each other at the comic <laughs> store was limited. So, you know, you could have bought you know, Spider-Man, Batman. You bought Hero Sandwich. That's what that's what you bought. It is. I can't explain it. <laughs> well, Chris, and not you, uh, Chris, but uh, email Chris. Uh, great news. We're going to do a Daredevil episode today. Uh, we're going to talk about the current series. We're going to talk about our favorite uh, runs. And uh, we might have a little uh, trivia-type game at the end of the series. Uh, so, starting off uh, with the current Daredevil series by Chip Zdarsky and Marco Chetto or Chiquetto. What would you say it's pronounced? Because we're butchering everything. Uh I have no idea. We'll just, I really don't. And, and and it's not. I mean, he, there's no consist. Again, 
there's also no consistent penciler. I mean, he right, does right. A, a lot of it, but not all of it. Correct. Correct. I would say he's like um, the main one, and then every few issues, you know, someone else fills in. But uh, yeah, uh, what, what do you think about the current series? Uh, it's surprisingly, it's surprisingly very, very good. Um, and I say surprisingly because I I just don't know how much there is left to do with Daredevil. And then someone comes along, a writer who I have nothing against Chips Zdarsky, but I mean, you know, not a not a huge name by any by any stretch, and he comes in and knocks it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really. Uh, uh, it was that after. I mean, you've you've had such amazing runs from Miller to Brian Michael Bendis to uh, Mark Wade, and I mean, just really uh, Charles Sewell. I think that's how you say his name. I'm not sure. Uh, all of these people have had their own sort of run on the on the character, and you kind of think, well, this is about as far as this can go, and then here we go again, and it's extremely, extremely good. What's your what's your take? I, I'm I'm with you 100. percent I think uh, I'm just gonna, we're just going to call the artist Marco. Uh, okay. I, I think uh, he is an amazing amazing artist. I think he draws a fantastic Daredevil uniform. I mean, it looks a little more like it might look in real life, but it still looks cool. It doesn't look, you know, right thrown together. Uh, and you know, as with any sort of typically good Daredevil story. It's dark, it's gritty. You know, he's he's up for the murder of somebody and uh, trying to struggle with that um, at the same time. Uh, his imaginary brother that he created in the, I don't know, maybe the 60s or whatever, is actually somehow alive. Um, hmm. I don't know if you uh gotten to that part yet, but he's I don't I don't think I have, no. Yeah. Uh and I'm not really sure how it happens. I know some guy with some type of powers sort of created him. Uh but his you know, he had created a imaginary brother to sort of help I guess keep his secret identity safe back, you know, decades ago. Uh, and then supposedly killed him off even though, you know, he never existed to start with. But now he actually exists. Um, so that's a little odd. Uh, but now there's uh, spoilers here, you know, but now, well, first of all, before I even say the spoilers, because I don't want to spoil anything for you, have have you read up to the current or are you still making your way through it? No, but I do think I know where where you're going with the with the spoiler because it's and it, even in the I've gotten through the first three trade paperbacks. I'm not I'm just started the fourth, mm-hmm. uh, so even then I'm behind as far as getting up to the you know the monthly books right now. Um, so yeah, I know where it's going, um, and I and it's he telegraphs that pretty early on actually uh as this other character comes in and and sort of the, i really liked the idea that they start this series with Matt Murdock 
at the absolute one of the lowest points he could be where he can't even really fight very well. Right. Um, and that's a really interesting place where he goes out thinking he's got to do this job and just can't and ends up causing a lot more destruction than he'd intend to, including to his own body. Um, and so, so that's a really interesting take on it. The other thing I really like about the book is the, well, it's two other things is the, um, the police officer mm-hmm. that they introduce. And I'm sorry, the, the character's name is escaping me right now. Um, but that's a really interesting character, a very law and order kind of character who has, there's really nothing. The only flaw he has is that he's pursuing the law. And I mean, that's hard. That doesn't seem like a flaw, but it, it plays out to be a flaw in his mm-hmm. character. And the other thing is he actually does something new with the kingpin and really takes the kingpin in a, in a really different kind of direction and, and works a little harder, I think, to create a character from yeah. the kingpin and not, not just a malevolent being who's, you know, just bad, plainly. I mean, there's always been some play with that, but this is, this is the most interesting with the idea that, you know, can the kingpin go straight? Yeah. You know, can he, can he exist in a, uh, political arena that's not organized crime? And I kind of think that that's at least somewhat influenced by what we've had in the White House for the last four years. I think there's been some playing around with, with using the kingpin as a sort of pseudo Trump. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, and, you know, ever since, uh, you know, Frank Miller's run, you know, Daredevil has, been put in the darkest places imaginable. What what is it about Daredevil that, for some reason, we want bad things to happen to him? Why is that? <laughs> well, he's Catholic. Oh you know, yeah, Catholic well, yeah, guilt. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And uh, to my knowledge, as far as mainstream comic book characters, and by that, I mean I'm sure we could get some argument about this, but looking at like Marvel and DC superhero characters. Daredevil is the only one who's really openly religious. Yeah, yeah, and um, that, well, well, I take that. I take that back. Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler would be a would be a would be a second one. True, true. Uh, well, you know, and Son of Satan. I mean, he's never <laughs> maybe in the opposite way. Okay, so yeah, so the fact that he's religious, and I, we've known this since uh, the eighties. And the reason I remember that is because a really good friend of mine in junior high and high school, uh, he was into Daredevil also. And he came from a very, very uh, religious family who made him cut out every picture of Daredevil's mask in the comic books because it had horns. And the whole time, wow. I was in junior high at the time, and I'm thinking, but this this is the only Christian superhero out there. You know, they... <laughs> Read the dang book, you know. Um, so it, you know, I didn't. I never said anything to him, of course. I, you know, I mean, I was just a junior high, but uh, you know, I just always thought that was funny. It's like you pick the one character that your kid should be reading according to your values, and you make him cut out all of the horns uh, off of the comic books. I, 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 I will never forget that. To this day, I'm just, I just shake my head over that. But. Uh, well, I, I, they actually, you know, Zdarsky kind of plays with that some 
in this in this run because he has some flashbacks and some current things where Daredevil's talking to the priests and nuns and they're sort of saying, well, you know, why why are you dressing like the thing that you supposedly are against? And yeah. you know, it was really in, some really interesting uh sort of theological conversations around that too. Let oh. me ask you this question. I have a I have a question that has been that has been uh on my mind since I started this. So the reason this is on my mind is because Moon Knight has been back in the um, spotlight somewhat because uh, Marvel is going to pursue a new TV series, a Moon Knight TV show. And in one of the articles I read, it said, and this is not an uncommon thing, it said that you know Moon Knight, commonly known as Marvel's Batman. And I started thinking about that, and I was like, well, really... Is that so, or would you really say that Daredevil is Marvel's Batman? Daredevil, I would say that. I mean, there's really no relation to Moon Knight and Batman other than they both sort of... I mean, a Moon Knight has some type of superpower because he gets his power from, you know, Khonshu. But, uh... Gesundheit. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but, you know, he's a street-level character with this big cape, and, you know, if you turn the costume dark gray or whatever, it'd probably look a lot like Batman, but there's there's really no relation between the characters. Uh, Daredevil is much more similar to Batman, I would say. Street-level, um, you know, it exists in a and even the whole idea of him being in hell's kitchen mm-hmm. is sort of sort of gotham like right um you know there there just seem there's there's a uh the, the the and i was thinking about that too because of the question that you asked a minute ago like is has there been a more tortured character than than batman well the only one i could think of would be daredevil the two of them have been probably more punished <laughs> than any characters in comics. Did I say the is has anyone been more tortured than Batman or did I say Daredevil? You said Daredevil, but then oh. I was thinking about Batman yeah. and I made the connection between those yes, two. Yes, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And uh right after well in the eighties there was a Batman annual. Uh I don't think it was a detective annual, but it was a Batman annual. I wanna say Dennis Cowan drew it. Maybe Denny O'Neill wrote it, but it was pretty much the exact story of Frank Miller and David Mazza Kelly or Chelly, I'd get another name I'm going to butcher of their, what was it? Six issues or something run um, where, you know, his identity is found out by his enemy and he's just, you know, his money's gone and this and that and the other. Um, so anyway, that somehow I made a link to that, but the right. same story, basically same exact story. It just, in just in an annual instead of, you know, six or so issues but um so any other uh thoughts about the current series uh, before we start working our way backwards a little i mean i do think it owes um a lot to particularly the miller and bendis runs those two in particular Mm -hmm. um and but I, I I think it stands pretty well on its own. I don't know, you know, because it does have some connections to those. I don't know how much it stands on its own as a singular run that's you know unlike any other. I don't know if I could really say that. 
Yeah, we'll have to see where it goes. I mean, with the spoiler that I did not give, um, I'll be interested to see uh, where it goes from there. Um, right. So, now, directly before this series, there was the Charles Sewell, uh, Ron Garney series. And the reason I'm bringing this one up is because Ron Garney is one of those artists that sometimes he's eh, sometimes he's pretty good. Um I don't know if you read that run, but his Daredevil was one of the best Daredevils I've ever seen. Um, this is the this is the back in black where he was changed costumes as well. Is that correct? Uh, could be. You know, I actually forgot about that. But it was it was the series directly before this one. And uh, okay, but even in his red costume, I mean, it was it was sort of Frank Millerish, but sort of not. And Ron Garney changed his art just completely and it was some of the greatest daredevil art i've ever seen which surprised me because you know offense to mr garney you know but i've never he's never necessarily been one of my favorites um but this this art was incredible did you read any of those i did not i need to go back and read that that's uh how many issues i mean is it a a long run it wasn't super long but i can't you know i can't remember um but it was it was a good solid run it gets so confusing because they keep restarting everything. Yeah, I agree. They shot themselves in the foot like about 20 years ago by stopping and starting comics. And it, now they sort of have to do that to keep going. But if they never would have done that to start with, they would have been fine. You know, I think. Right. I, I think so, too. And they, they they continue with that kind of insane premise until they get to a milestone issue. You know, then, yeah. then then suddenly they go back to, you know, this is Detective Comics number 1000 or, yeah. or whatever. But, you know, but then we're going to have Detective number one again. I mean, <laughs> it, it is it's really irritating to me um, because I can't I can't contextualize the whole. I mean, it used to be that you could kind of look at one like if you're looking at, you know, action comics, you would mm-hmm. say, well, from this issue to this issue, we're pretty much run, you know, these creators and then yeah. these creators. Well, now it's like, you know, volume five of Daredevil or volume six of Daredevil. And it, it's just very, I think it's very confusing. It's volume seven now, actually. I looked that up, uh, which is crazy. Insane. Yeah. Um, the, the good thing about it, at least, is that the original numbering is directly under the new numbering. So at least you have that. Uh, hopefully they'll keep that forever. And matter of fact, something I read last week, a new comic, I can't remember what it was, but when it referred to, to a previous, to an earlier issue, it said like number 800 and something instead of like number 40, which it actually sort of was. So I, I commend them for that. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's hard to remember specific series because it just, it just keeps starting over and starting over. You know, it's very confusing. Right. Right. Well, so, uh, now what, uh, is your favorite run of Daredevil? Uh, it would be hard not to say the, uh, the run that Miller did. That's pretty hard to beat because no one had done anything like that before. Um, and, I honestly don't know how many issues he wrote in pencil. I know he penciled some before he started writing it. Um, do you have any idea how many he wrote and penciled? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Chris, because I wrote it down. Um, <laughs> he, his first Daredevil 
Art uh, was number 158, written by Roger McKenzie. Um, he didn't start writing and drawing with Klaus Janssen until 168, which was the first appearance of Electra. And you remember, if you do, go back all the way to episode one long ago. That's one of the very first comics I ever bought was the very first Miller penciled issue of Daredevil. Well, that's why you're such a big fan of comics then, because that'll definitely suck you in. Yep. Um, so, so that's how many he went from what to what? Well, uh, that he wrote um, yes. and, and or drew whatever, because he, you know, Klaus Janssen drew a lot of his run, but uh, it's 168 to 191. Yeah, pretty good run for the time. Um, and those still hold up. Uh, I remember the issue. And here you're going to have to give me the, you're going to have to tell me the number if you know it. But the issue where he basically plays Russian roulette with Bullseye. That was the last is issue, one of the, 191. Is one of the greatest single comic book issues I've ever read. Yes. And he drew that issue too. I mean, Jansen, you know, did not draw that one. Um, fantastic issue. Just a one part story. Uh, Bullseye, wasn't he in the hospital? And he's playing Russian roulette with him and. Yes. Perfect ending to an incredible run, uh, which is also my favorite run, too. I mean, but I'll let you keep talking about it first. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, You know, there's just, you can't get away from the fact that he created Elektra. Um, the, you have the, he he turned Bullseye into a real villain. Um, I mean, a, a absolutely menacing villain, um, killed Elektra. Uh, the whole stuff with, um, so Miller created Stick, right? Yeah. Okay. So all of that mythology, uh, was created by Miller. Um, really that whole move towards a more Japanese, uh, idea came in Miller's time and not through any effort of his own, but he, Somehow managed to be the inspiration for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the mean in the in the midst of all of that, which is even more popular. Yes, which is crazy to think about, and people don't even have any. Most people, I don't think, have any idea about that. It was a parody of Frank Miller's Daredevil. The uh, I think it's a rat that trained them. The t- the turtles is stick. Um. Yeah, the fact that it was a parody and it was an adult comic book first, and now you know five year olds are excited about it, it just makes no sense to me at all. It's so weird. It's so weird. And you no, know, yeah, I think the rat's name was Splinter. Yeah, yeah. Instead of Stick. Yeah. Instead, all right. Um, uh, a quick trivia, right? Quick, since you brought up the death of Electra, which was in one eighty one. Uh, what did Bullseye say at right, at like a half a second before he killed her? He says, because I was just thinking, now that is something. When you can remember, I mean, it's been years since I've read that issue, but when you can, when you can remember that panel where he's flicking mm-hmm. that card, or is he, is it a card or a knife? I can't remember. I can't remember. I just remember the picture as he's actually killing her, but he says, but doesn't he say something about, but me, I'm. I can't remember the line. What's the line? Well, I think he says, and now for my next trick. And then... Oh. Stabs her. See, I, didn't rem- I didn't remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, classic uh, 
classic line, classic storytelling. Uh, the thing about that run, too, you know, it was in the early 80s. Uh, before there was Alan Moore and Grant Morrison and Neil Gaiman and all that, I think Frank Miller did the first shift toward more mature readers uh, in the 80s, which completely changed comics 100%. Um, and then Alan Moore came and expanded on it and, you know, did even more with it. But Miller started it, in mainstream comics at least. Ab- absolutely, with Daredevil and then with Ronan, which doesn't really get enough credit right? Uh, for, for what he was doing at mm-hmm. the time. When you look back now, he was way, way ahead of his time. I, you, you know, it, I at some level, I think comic books are, are more of a, uh, as far as creators, they seem to, for, they seem to be, I hate to say it, but it's like more of a young man's game um, where you seem to see these creators who really have a spike of creative output in their 20s and 30s. And then it sort of fizzles. Yeah. You see that with Byrne. You see it with Miller. Uh, Alan Moore is just, you know, he's gone off the reservation entirely. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I just it seems like it's more of a um it's hard to keep up that level of creativity and that level of, of production. Well, and, you know, I'm glad you said that. Because um, unless you're Jack Kirby. That's true. That is true. Um, because you look at Frank Miller, you look at Alan Moore, uh, people like that, they, they did all this great stuff and then they just stopped. And I know Frank Miller went to working on movies like Robo, RoboCop, Two or whichever ones he did, I don't know, but and and the awful spirit movie and all that, but you know, it's like this is what we like you for, and then boom, you're gone. You know, Alan Moore, right, just kept disappearing until you know now he doesn't really do anything comic book wise, but it's almost like, and even like uh, newer writers like uh, Mark Miller, um, if you notice, he'll do a miniseries. He won't get on a regular series. And write, right? Because there's no doubt in my mind he's thinking I'm going to run out of ideas. So I'm going to come up with the best story in six issues. Boom, I'm gone. And uh, so yeah, it's it's like how many writers are out there now that are consistently, even through decades, still fantastic. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, Grant Morrison would be one of the few, and Jeff Johns, I would say. Jeff Johns. Uh, we can, you know, say what you will about about Bendis, but I do enjoy reading his comics. Yeah, I do it's too. it's hard not it's hard not to enjoy them. They're they may be forgettable, or they may be, you know, may not be your cup of tea, but they're still for whatever reason there is a love of comics behind them. I agree. I personally, while I wouldn't put. Probably my second after that initial Miller run would be the second run that Miller did mm-hmm. when he he wrote it. Uh, that Born Again storyline is phenomenal. Uh, again, he just kind of knocked it out of the park. It's amazing how he could just come back to that character and and do something really very different. Mazzucchelli or Mazzucchelli? I think it's Chelly, but I don't know. We'll just go with Chelly. If we're wrong, we're, we're always wrong. So we'll just go with Chelly. I think it's Demateus. 
<laughs> it is Demetrius. Um, and Milgram. Milgram. <laughs> yeah. And Collins. Max Allen <laughs> Collins. Or short, Mac. Or as we like to call Max Allen Collins, the ruin of Batman. <laughs> yes, yes. Have to bring them up every episode. Yeah, the uh, the Frank Miller Mazzuchelli issues. I mean, my main memory of that. I mean, for what he had, you know, Karen Page as a drug-addled prostitute or something, or, or uh, porn star yes. or something who needed drug money and sold out Daredevil's identity to the Kingpin. Right. Right. You had the beginning of each story, each splash page had Dare, had Bat Murdoch asleep at first in like the bed in his luxurious apartment. Uh, the next issue as he's crumbling and as he's as the Kingpin is just destroying him, each issue he's sleeping in a worse place until he winds up just curled up in an alley. And I thought that was one of the greatest things I've ever read in comics. The the art could not be topped in that, in that uh, storyline. And uh, it's just brilliant, brilliant the whole way. Yeah. It's, um, and then it also created the character nuke who is still being used. Yeah. Um, I think he showed up in a recent captain America run, the, the Ta-Nehisi Coates, um, Captain America run. Uh, so the, even his sort of, I, I, I don't want to say throwaway, but even his throwaway characters have value and lasting staying power. Well, I think maybe it was throwaway because he supposedly killed him at the end of that Daredevil story, didn't he? Yep. So, yep. Um, yeah, he, to him, he's just like, well, I'll just, you know, make a statement with this guy. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, he's used all over the place throughout the years. So, um, he also, Frank Miller, wrote and uh, John Buscema drew a one-issue story, which was number 219. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, he wasn't Is even, that the one with the gladiator? No. Uh, no? No. Um, the cover has like a close-up of someone's face and some sunglasses and a reflection of Daredevil in them or something. But Daredevil wasn't even in there. It was just uh, Matt Murdock. Never in costume, but it was it was just a pretty cool single issue story. Um, what sort hmm. of a throwaway story, but it was cool. Yeah, I need to I need to refresh my memory of that one. Um, so, so, so are there any other big runs that you would? I think the Bendis Alex Maleev run I think was really good. I like Kevin Smith and Joe Casada's run, um, but the yes. yeah, Bendis did a great job. I mean, he really just sort of did the same thing that Frank Miller did, but in a more modern way. Um, I will be honest, yep. though, um, even though I think it's a great run, I don't like. This is no offense to Alex Maleev. I don't like I, it. I because, know what you're. Go- I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to um, say. I, I'm not. I'm going to hold out all the curse words because this is a family podcast. But uh, <laughs> I, you know. A monkey could do that, and the reason I say that is because you take up you take pictures of people you know. I don't know how they do it. I don't know anything about it other than they. There's probably a computer program that inks over the real picture, and that that's the art. Um, no talent whatsoever. And sorry, Alex, believe, but it's not. Um, but it, it it set a good. <laughs> we're all going to get sued. Wait, it set a. It's. I mean, 
mean, it set a good mood, and there were good parts about the art, but I just remember when the Kingpin showed up, it looked like he just took some lame pictures of Bendis and said, here you go, and it was like the smallest Kingpin I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you call him Bowling Pin instead. It was... It was what's the, I was trying to think of what the largest Kingpin I've ever seen is, and there's two that I can think of. One is in... Uh, Bill Sienkiewicz did a graphic novel with Frank Miller that was a, dare, a Daredevil graphic novel. I can't remember the I name of it. I think it was Electra. Was that a... Mm, well, they did, they did also, an Electra one. I know that. I know that. I, but there was a kingpin, and his kingpin was was monstrous. And they've... I think that was the inspiration for the kingpin that's in the Spider-Verse movie that uh the animated movie um i don't know if you've seen that david but that that kingpin is one of the most hilarious looking things i have ever seen he's like a gigantic square uh punctuation mark like a period <laughs> with a little bitty white head on top of him he's that he's like that big awesome and uh, but that's very that that's very sinkevich you know, like right. this this sort of um, abstract version of of the kingpin. So we've gone from that to like uh, what, like a just like a little nerdy white man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just and of course, when you start using uh, you know photography instead of drawing, you know the the action is very stiff. Um, there's no motion to it. So I, I did think the run was fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but I just remember, I, I just, I'm personally not a fan of the photography type art, you know, that's just, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to throw something out there just to, you may not like this run at all. And I mm -hmm. get it if you don't, but I, I have to give him credit for doing something so radically different from what everybody else is doing. And that is the Mark Wade, Chris Samney, Run on Daredevil, which tr was a an attempt to sort of lighten the mood because I think I mean Daredevil, like we talked about, had just been like there's only so long you can lick the gutter. Yeah, you know, I mean he he that's kind of what they had been doing, and so he he tried to bring it just as I think it was designed as a specifically as a break from that. Just let's do something that's more comic booky, that's more four color. Um, that has more connections to the Marvel Universe. It's just sort of a fun superhero mm -hmm. book. And in that, he really succeeds. Um, it's enjoyable to read. It's not that gritty Daredevil at all, not even close, but it's still trying to do something different. I always think about Daredevil as being a um, mic-dropping book for creators, like you know, Miller takes it to a certain point and just basically drops the mic and says, you know, you do better. Yeah. You right. do better than that. Right. And then, you know, Bendis picks it up and does like, I don't know, 7,000 issues and then finishes and drops the <laughs> mic and says, okay, I've left him here. Yeah. What are you going to do with this character? Um, and I like that. It's almost like a, it's just a challenge. You know, how are you going to, how are you going to move him from where he is? Right. And I agree with you on the Mark Wade uh, run because you, you can't have him gritty all the time or it gets old. You know, you gotta, you gotta right. have it fun for a while. So I, I agree with you on that. That, that was a good run. Um, other good runs I thought, which followed the dark and gritty path were Denny O'Neill 
uh, with, you know, David Mazzuchelli's first issues that he drew, mm. which bled into, you know, he drew it even after, I think, D.G. Chichester got on it, which I, no, 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 well, no, that was Lee Weeks. Uh, Lee Weeks drew it when D.G. Chichester was on it, and Lee Weeks had a very sort of David Mazzuchelli type style, sort of realistic and gritty, and those were great, although... I wasn't a fan of Chichester's art, art of Chichester's writing. Um, right. Very wordy and sort of dry, but uh, the art was fantastic. But my, go ahead. Were you about to say something? When was that awful costume change where he had like armor? That was, uh, I think Scott McDaniel maybe was drawing him. I hated which was that costume the, uh, so, so much. Yeah, yeah. Um, those were in the early 300s, I think. Um, okay. But my second favorite run, which I think is incredible, which we haven't mentioned yet, was Ann Nascenti and John Romero Jr. Oh, yeah. This was the, uh, the um, oh, what was the character's name? I can't remember her name. There's a... Uh, Typhoid Mary. Typhoid Mary, yeah. yeah. This is the Typhoid Mary run of stories. Yep, 250 to 282. Um, yeah, there are a lot of uh, new villains were created. Um, I remember sort of in the middle or maybe near the end of the run, uh, all of his villains came and ganged up on him at once and beat the living crap out of him and chased him all through, you know, Manhattan or whatever. I mean, just bludgeoned him. And uh, so I eventually had to leave the city and, you know, he had other adventures after that. But that was an outstanding run. I think Anna Sinti did a, a great job. And, of course, John Romita Jr., Always does a great job, in my opinion. So he does. He does. Yeah, very, very, very good run, it, it, and it doesn't really get much attention. Uh, I had honestly forgotten about it. It was a very sort of psychological one. I, I remember. I think one issue he was just sitting in a bar in costume, uh, mm. you know, having conversations. I mean, it, it was like, how can you do that and make it good? But it was great. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, there was a at the end of the original series. Issues 376 to 379 is one of the worst uh, story arcs I've ever read in my life uh, by Scott <laughs> Lobdell and Cully Hamner. Um, it was, it was, there was only one issue after this that Lee Weeks drew, sort of wrapping up the series. But these, it was just sort of like, okay, we knew we're, we know we're doing a new series. Let's just throw some out there. So Daredevil had this completely different costume, and I don't even think he called himself Daredevil. It's been a long time since I've read it, but basically what happened was I think it was S.H.I.E.L.D. wanted him to go undercover or something, so they gave, they gave him a new face. It wasn't a mask. <laughs> it wasn't makeup. They surgically changed his face and his hair color and all that, and... Gave him eyesight so he could complete this mission. <laughs> so they did the impossible, you know. So I'm thinking, okay, this is the dumbest thing ever. Well, at the end of the story, they were changing his face back. How, how do you do that? I don't know. But changing his face back. <laughs> and he decided he didn't want his eyesight. So they took it away. <laughs> Matt Murdock. You can see. Dude, and that's not the first time. Back in a Secret Wars two crossover, uh, the Beyonder gave him my sight, and he said he didn't want it. What is your problem? Well, man? I wouldn't want anything from the Beyonder either. 
That's true. That's true. But <laughs> because I don't, I don't want to have what will eventually turn into Jerry curled hair. <laughs> and a Miami Vice suit. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I cannot wait till we start talking about company wide crossover series and, and bring up Secret Wars two. I cannot wait. I, I, I look forward to that day. And a matter of I think about it all the time. I cannot wait to get to that. So we'll we'll try to get to that within the next you know few months. But uh, it is miraculous that that got published. Miraculous. Secret Wars two. Yeah, and, and Selby Simo was originally supposed to draw it. He drew the first few pages, and for whatever reason, El Milgram and Steve Lealoa took his place as artists. I, I don't know what happened. Can you blame him for quitting? <laughs> Selby Simo was probably like, I, I can't. I can't do this. I can't. Just, yeah, this just, is the this is the end of my career yeah, if I'm, I do I'm, this. I'm, I, I'm not doing it. Now, Al Milgram, you know, never had a career, so I mean, it never it was no, no problem, no problem for him to take it on. Dang! <laughs> All right, I have a comparison, right? Quick, this forgive us, listeners. This has nothing to do with Daredevil, but um, Chris says, "I'm sure you saw my post yesterday." I think I read Volume Three of the '90s series Guardians of the Galaxy. I have all six. I'm not sure why. Oh. Yes. Oh. Um, probably the one of the worst series I've ever read in my life, but it was written and drawn by Jim Valentino, who, in my well, opinion... Well, I was going to say, that was your first mistake. I know, I know. He's, in my opinion, about the equivalent of an Al Milgram in terms of art, writing, whatever. And, you know, it took place sort of in the future and also in sort of uh, the timeline of the Marvel Universe shifted, so they didn't even have to follow any type of pattern or continuity at all so they could do whatever they wanted and when you're able to do whatever you want in a comic book that's it, not a good idea you know so uh, it was it was awful some things like the Grunewald Captain America or the Alex Sabia Web of Spider-Man those things are so awful they're fun to read but this there was no redeeming value whatsoever there was no enjoyment there was no nothing I can never I can never understand when when the great shift happened in comics in the 90s where image was formed mm-hmm. how jim valentino found himself in that company because he i mean we we can argue all day long about i mean i have issues with jim lee's art but it is a i mean it is well done it is well rendered uh, rob liefeld uh, that's another matter entirely um I've always loved Eric Larson. <laughs> We're not going to go down the Eric Larson <laughs> porn hub at the moment, um, but uh, but I've loved his art. Um, but Jim Valentino, it looked like something a fifteen-year-old kid would write and draw, and I never understood how he was getting published. I mean, people, we have like great. Uh, like unknown artists who are trying desperately to get published. And this guy has his own series. It made no sense to me. Here's my theory. It's, it's not correct, but here's my theory. In order to start image, they had to have some money and I'm sure they had backers and stuff, but Jim Valentino was probably, Hey, you know, I, I inherited some money. I can throw in 
a hundred thousand. And they're like, but but you got to give me my own series. And they're like, yeah, fine, whatever. Yeah, that's my theory. That's it's it's it's. It, I mean, it, what if it, it, what if it happened? I don't know. I just it, made it, it up. makes it makes a certain amount of sense. Yeah, it does. I mean, I don't know that was he ever a bankable artist where people were like, I've got to buy the latest Jim Valentino <laughs> no. uh, book. I don't even know how Guardians of the Galaxy, a team that no one cared about, how how that lasted over like a year, you know, but it lasted a long time. So I think I think maybe during that time in the early 90s, everything was selling to a point, you know? Yeah. yeah and yeah. maybe they were just like, okay. Maybe he paid Marvel off. I don't know. Here. Or print maybe they had, uh, they had tons of uh, variant covers. <laughs> Who would buy variant covers by him? I I never understood. I've never understood it. Never. Well, I don't even understand why I have these trade paperbacks because I hate them. <laughs> I get in these moods where I want to read really bad stuff because I've read all the good stuff. You know, I, I want to just sometimes here's a series I never bought when it was coming out. I have a chance to read them all straight through. I love reading comics. Why not? But then once you get a couple issues in, you just regret it. You know? Yep. As, as early Kyler said on Squidbillies, you always hate the things you hit. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't, I, I can't argue with that. All right. So uh, before we get into the uh, the Kirby game, um, any other idea? Oh, let me ask you this. Uh, Daredevil, yellow or red costume? Uh, red. the The yellow one is is, I mean, it's a throwback, and it's kind of fun to look back at. But it's, uh, I don't care for the costume. I, I like to see it show up from time to time, but yeah, I mean, he's just bright yellow. I mean, he's he's not hiding from anybody. <laughs> Maybe the fact he was blind, he didn't know what the hell he was doing. I don't know. You know, leave leave that to D man. <laughs> D-Man wears it well. He wears it well. <laughs> Along with that beard he has. <laughs> All right. So on that note, uh, that I guess wraps it up for Daredevil, unless you have anything else. Um, now I'm going to try to stump you with a game you suggested uh, with 20 questions. You're okay. uh, supposed to guess the series. The series. Okay. So I have 20 questions. To guess the series, yes, and I hope you're keeping track of the questions because I have nothing to write on. I will, I will keep track of them on my fingers. The uh, the Daredevil villain, the ten fingered hand, that was I think that was his name that was in the Charles Sewell. He actually had ten fingers on each hand, so he could have he could have counted for us. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah. Okay. Now wait, can I can I establish one question before I before I burn a question on this? Okay. Are we saying this could be any comic book title or are we limiting it to only DC and Marvel? Only DC and Marvel. Okay, well thank you. That's that saves at least one question. Yeah. All right. So, uh is this a Marvel comic? Yes. 
is this comic still being published? Yes. Okay. Um, is the main character's name in the title of the comic? Yes. Okay. Um, was this character created by Stan Lee? Yeah, I think so, yes. Okay. You got to know the answers to these questions. I know. Um, I'm going to go yes. Of course, yes. Okay, okay, okay. That's, uh, and let's see. Um, have we mentioned this character in this podcast at all? Uh. <laughs> That's a trick one. <laughs> It depends on if you're asking if we so whether we've had a podcast about this character. No, 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 no. In this, this, in this, in this episode. Oh, in, in this, this episode. episode. Only in this episode. Have we, have, no. have we mentioned? Have we mentioned the character's name at all? I don't remember. No, I don't think so. I don't remember mentioning it. So okay. I'll say no. Okay, that's five. We're at five questions. Yes, I got fifteen to go. Gee. All right. Uh, uh, is this character male? Yes. Um, I'm thinking, uh, does this character wear a mask? Yeah. Is this book a team book or a single character book? Single character. All right. Um, are there multiple books? with this character as the lead currently like currently yes um, yes no okay um <laughs> you did say yes the character wears a a mask the character's a male and wears a mask yeah yes yeah okay uh does this character uh shoot webs. No. Okay. That's 10. Only 10? Only 10. All right, you, I think you, I think you got this. You got this. You I mean, you know, you're working your way through it. So, I have faith in you, but I'm hoping I stop you, but I have faith in you. Um All right. Oh. I'm struggling. Um, I mean, you're only halfway through. You got this. I am. I am. Uh, does the character have horns on his head? No. <laughs> I thought that would be too obvious. Of course, of course, I just wasted a question because I asked you if it had been mentioned. So oh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm struggling here to think of single character books in the Marvel Universe with a character who wears a, ma a male character who wears a mask. Um, and I'm sure in your head, you're thinking this is obvious. Um, and there's probably the one or two people listening thinking this is absolutely obvious. Uh, <laughs> we're at 11 questions. Um, but you haven't made it obvious yet. Let me put it that way. Is this character a member of a team? Yeah. 
currently? Oh, man. Um, sure. Yes. 13 questions. Um, this character have claws? No. 14. Um, uh, is this, no, that wouldn't be that, no, couldn't use that one. I was going to ask, no, I'm not going to ask that question. (laughs) Um, I've got six questions. Well, I've got five questions and a guess because the last question has to be the guess. Okay. Um, I got I got stuck on Spider Man and I'm having a hard time getting out of the the, the Spider Man world. <laughs> um, is the character's costume primarily one color? No. Oh dear Lord! Does this character predate the Marvel universe? No. I got three questions left. I still, I still think you can do it. And I want everybody to know I'm not using any devices. I'm not looking anything up. I'm just trying to go off the top of my head without any help I'm going to give you an extra question because one question you asked could easily, I answered yes. It's easily yes, but someone could argue and say no. So I'm going to give you an extra question. I'm not going to tell you what question it was, but I'll give you an extra question. <laughs> because that might give it away. I don't want to give it away, but I'll give you and, an and extra can, question. Yeah, right. And can you remind me what the what the answer was to the question about is the character in a team currently? What was the answer to that? Uh, yes. Yes. Oh. Does the character have purple in his costume at some point? Purple? No. Okay. <laughs> purple? Who's purple? purple? Other than Hulk's pants. Who's purple? No. No. There's there's Hawkeye. Oh yeah. Yeah, but he And he does he doesn't have he his does own wear title. He does he not anymore? No. He did. Yeah. I have I have three three questions. Mm-hmm. Um Ah, uh, uh, is the character wealthy? Yes. I told you, you got this. I got two questions. I got yeah. I it does. Uh, does the character wear a metal suit? Yes. Which? Yes. 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 One hundred percent. Yes. All right. Um, is uh, the is the Alter ego of this character, Tony Stark? Yes. So this is Iron Man. Yes. See, he, a mask, I mean, I, uh, it could be a mask, it could be a helmet, I don't know, but I consider it's it a, a mask. mask. It's covering up his face. It's a mask. Yeah. Well, you wow. Got it. I, you, you would you think I would have gotten, yeah, it did. It did. I, I got stuck on Spider Man and I started, I couldn't think of characters who, I had to ask the thing about Captain America. That was the predating the Marvel Universe. Uh, even though I know Stan Lee didn't create that character. Right. Um, so, uh, that was more challenging than I thought it would be. You could never be on a game show. I had 20 questions and I got it in 20. That's true. 
That's true. <laughs> but if you were on, like, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, do you think you would miss even, like, I mean, this wasn't an easy one, I wouldn't say, but, you know, do you think you would miss the easy questions on something like that? Because you just, I would. I know I would. I would freeze up because I can't think under pressure. Right, right. I would, I would start kind of freaking out and thinking, I would, my main problem is that I overthink everything. Yeah, me too, me too. So, Chris, George, I hope you were excited about uh, this episode. I hope we didn't let you down. <laughs> um, Absolutely. I, I hope this, uh, you know, and, and we may revisit other aspects of Daredevil on down the line throughout the years because, you know, we, we hope to do this till we're 85. Which won't be that long from now. Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Do you have any uh, final words on Daredevil or the Iron Man trivia you just won? <laughs> uh, anything other than uh, Tom Kirby, thank you for producing this. Absolutely. Do a great and job. Uh, absolutely. Uh, every single time, uh, another knocking it out of the park. And thank you for our email. Uh, our emails this week. I'm like just like floored by this. It was worth taking a little extended break after Christmas to come back with a couple of email messages. So uh, if you have an email, if you have a question, if you have a topic that you want to bring up that we can uh, that we can pursue, it is Bwahaha Cast. That is B W A H A H A C A S T at Gmail dot com. Write us. Let us know what you think, and uh, and as you can tell, we uh, we, we we become exuberant with uh, with joy at the idea that someone somewhere out there is listening and is uh, interested in what this thing is that we're doing. And Christopher George, I I, I think uh, we're going to get to your other suggestions uh, very soon because um, they were very good suggestions, and I. You know, Chris and I take turns on the topics, so you know I'll I'll throw them in on my next choice if they're not thrown in sooner. So, uh, thank you for that, and uh, Chris, uh, thank you, and I will see you next time. See you, David. See you, Chris.